On this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast, we talk about knowing your worth as a nurse. So stay tuned. Hello, nurses, and welcome to this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. My name is Bridget Sager, and I'm your host. I'm a functional nurse practitioner, and I teach functional medicine to nurses and nurse practitioners through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine. I think the topic today of knowing your worth as a nurse is a really important topic to talk about. I talk to my students about this often because I think As a group, nurses are not taught to consider what they offer patients to have fiscal value beyond maybe the corporation that they work for, um, but not in the same way that a lot of other practitioners do. And uh, so I thought we should have an episode on this. I get a lot of questions from other nurses and nurse practitioners about how to price your services and how to decide whether you're going to offer group packages or charge per visit, um, charge a monthly fee. So there are lots of caveats to that. And the idea overall of just like understanding that what we offer has value. I know it sounds silly, but it's unfortunately true. Um, And so I wanted to do an episode and just talk about this topic a little bit more. I'm certainly not like a super expert in in all of that for myself. Um, My background as far as like billing and and my perspective on that is when I worked in the hospital, you know, we shifted to where there was more of a focus on the nurses, like putting in charges for some things that were provided to the patient. But actually none of that was really about like the nurses role. It was more about like things we might've used during the shift for the patient. Um, And so when I shifted from the role of a floor nurse to uh, being a primary care provider, I did a lot of training in billing and coding, and I really took that seriously because I wanted to be able to spend as much time as possible with my patients. And I knew from having lots of friends that practiced in that arena that the worse you bill and code and write your notes, the faster you have to go and the the less time you have with patients because... Um, I guess a little bit of background on that, if it's not something you're familiar with, is we have what is called RVUs, and it is uh, value units for revenue. And so a certain type of visit might have a point associated with it, like let's say one point, and a longer visit might have 1.5 points. And as a provider, your company might ask you to earn a total of a certain number of points in one day, and that could be 30, it could be 60, it could be, you know, it's pretty remarkable the expectation that I've heard from many providers, how many they need to see, patients they need to see in a day. So the idea being, if you are able to code for a longer visit, you can see fewer patients and still bill for the right number of total points or RVUs for the day. So I took that super seriously because I wanted to spend a lot of time with people. Um, One thing that I would do And since then, things have changed a little bit. So this isn't like a current tip, but just as an example of this idea, um, I would do a wellness visit for people 
And if they uh, had a problem that came up during that visit, I would write a separate note. And these are all pre-built templates, so I'm just filling them in pretty quickly after the visit. So I could bill for the problem visit that might have included a prescription medication and uh, working up a problem and, and coming up with a plan. But at the same time, I, I did their wellness visit for the year. And my goal was to try to do a wellness visit on every patient every year that was legitimately a, a wellness visit where we talked about their health, their happiness, their sleep, what they're eating, um, their relationships, because I feel like otherwise the wellness visits when we use them as just a free visit would just fall through the cracks. And I, I mentioned this so that you guys kind of understand this if it isn't something that you uh, are familiar with. And also because I think it's important for a lot of the listeners that are nurse practitioners in particular to recognize, you know, there's potential for us to flex the way that we do these things, but sometimes we can work in an environment where it isn't supported. And ultimately, that's what happened to me. I had gotten to where I build really well. I wrote notes that included a lot of details about, and these were all templates, so it didn't take me any time, but that I was billing for time. So saying how long I was spending with somebody in education and developing a collaborative plan with the patient, and that would ultimately set me at a higher billing code and I would get higher RVU points for that patient. And therefore I was able to justify spending more time with my patients. Sadly, our corporation was bought over several times and uh, the way that I had set up my practice to be able to spend all that time with my patients. And now mind you, at this point, I have over a thousand patients and they're expecting me to spend this much time with them and be a great listener and really dig deep. And they love that about coming to see me. I got a lot of feedback that, you know, reinforced that what I was doing was working. My patients' outcomes were great. And then the corporation was asking me, it didn't even make sense. Not just, not just RVUs. We don't want you to hit that number, but we also want you to hit a number for the total number of patients that you see in a day. They wanted my panel to grow in size to see more patients. And that's a question of access. And all of this is something that you have to balance, right? And we all in healthcare have to do that. Sometimes we can work in a setting like a hospital or a long-term care facility, and we don't understand the why behind the things that come down from above. In this case, I understand that there are several factors that go into this decision, but I felt at that point they also said that nurse practitioners made too much money, and so that was a tipping point for me. Um, they were going to cut uh, my salary, give the physicians raises, and so my friends and I departed. I think, you know, the, the thing for me was I had this large group of people that had an expectation of what I was going to be offering them, and I was being put in a position where that was going to be compromised, and I wasn't going to be able to offer what I wanted to anymore, and also I was going to look bad, like my patients might be upset with me that I stopped being a good listener. So that was my experience in using an insurance-based system. When I left and went to just uh, merging my functional medicine practices into my already existing side gig of nurse coaching, like I had my own consulting practice for coaching, and now I was going to fold in functional medicine, I made the decision that I wouldn't use insurance because I didn't want it to dictate how much time I was going to spend with people. And really, you know, the amount of time that as a solo practitioner, you can put into specifically just trying to make sure that you check all the boxes after a visit can become so time consuming when you're working with insurance that's really constrained, uh, limiting. I made the decision to have a cash practice. And if you look at a lot of different providers' websites, 
that offer functional medicine consulting similar to mine, I don't think that I charge that much compared to other providers. I wanted to offer access to what I was learning to uh, my clients, but at the same time, I wasn't, I didn't have a goal of making it uh, really expensive to see me. People will still say that it's, you know, that, that providers that offer functional medicine, it's expensive. But when you do the math on how much a provider should make an hour after all the education that we've done and, you know, all the things that go on behind the scenes that cost money to run a practice, I think that I charge a really fair rate, um, maybe too low. I'm not speaking that, like, my rates are perfect. One thing that I want to talk about now that I've kind of painted the picture of, like, where I came from as far as, like, I was always billing and coding and using all insurance, and now I'm doing an all-cash practice. And a lot of my students are doing that. So that's kind of like what I wanted to shift to talking about is it can it can be difficult for nurses to leave a setting where maybe they don't put any thought into how much the patients are being billed in the insurance or, you know, we want that to go as well as possible for them, but we aren't involved. Then if you are a provider, there's definitely a lot more that might go into your thoughts on that or if you already have your own practice as a nurse. Um, but leaving the corporate healthcare system and being an entrepreneur can have a shift this idea from being completely about, you know, our going in and doing our tasks for the day or what's on our list of things we need to complete by the end of a shift. And now as an entrepreneur, we're thinking about how much our time is worth, not just the time that we sit in front of somebody and spend with them, but how much time do we need to spend after visits? You know, there are a lot of providers that have told me they can see 40 patients in a day, but how much time are they spending charting after those visits also? And then when you do the math on that, what is the value of that time? An example that you may have heard me use before, I use it often, but I think it really resonates with nurses when we're talking about how much to charge is seeing a massage therapist. So when we um, have patients, and I personally, you know, if I see a massage therapist here in my area, I would say on average right now, it's maybe $120 an hour for a massage. And what is a patient gonna get from that experience? What are they seeking and what are they gonna get? And of course, when you're seeing a massage therapist, maybe they're gonna get relief from some muscle tension. Maybe it's physical touch that they're seeking. Um, you know, it, that connection is meaningful for them. It may be that they've had an injury that they wanna have addressed. Self-care is high on the list. Very unlikely that a massage therapist is going to heal a chronic health condition. And for me, using this example, it, that's the reason that I think it's a really great example is because if somebody partners with a massage therapist for an hour, they hire them for their services, they pay them $120, there's an expectation of what they're going to get, and they're willing to pay cash for that. And nurses have a hard time seeing that there's value in what we offer and that people would be willing to pay that. And, you know, I know many nurses and nurse practitioners that have their own practices as nurse coaches and other types of holistic practices, including functional medicine. And there are plenty of patients beating down their door, willing to pay cash for somebody to actually spend time and give them the kind of education, empowerment, um, partnering that they need, the accountability often for them to actually overcome a chronic health condition or improve it as much as possible. Overall, I feel like nurses don't recognize the value in that. And then putting a, an amount of money 
with that time can feel uncomfortable. But I think that the massage therapist analogy can be really helpful. A lot of my students have said that that's helpful for them to think about. And it's really empowering to say, yeah, wait a minute, somebody will pay. I've paid $120 for a massage and what did it get me? What would somebody get from my first visit with them after reviewing a really thorough intake? going over their health history, making some connections, providing some education. Maybe after that first visit, they leave with some first steps that really change the course of their health journey long term and possibly their family too, because that happens often where somebody goes home, starts incorporating things, and it changes the health story of their entire family. So what is the value in that? And that is what I feel like nurses often have a hard time seeing in their own worth. And I think often when we leave nursing school, there's this shift from us being holistic practitioners to learning how to work in the medical model and almost an implication that we are working under a physician. And I have not had any students find in their scope of practice when researching their local scope of practice, be it state or a different country that they are specifically working under a physician. There's rarely any verbiage that implies anything along those lines in an RN scope of practice. Typically, what uh, scope of practice will talk about is a nurses developing a care plan, which, you know, we do it in nursing school and we all tend to bemoan that, you know, the idea of coming up with a nursing diagnosis for our patient. But when we look at functional medicine, we actually see that a lot of those nursing diagnoses have a real impact. You know, we don't need to diagnose somebody with a chronic health condition like type 2 diabetes to have a, a major impact on their health, right? Somebody can get diagnosed by any number of providers that only spend five minutes with them. But when they partner with somebody that can look at the root cause, we don't need to spend a lot of time diagnosing. So an RN having their own practice where they offer some health consulting and they guide people towards a healthier lifestyle, do a lot of the review of intakes that we do in functional medicine, there's so much value in that. And so I hope that hearing this uh, can be a little bit inspiring and empowering for you as a nurse. Same thing, nurse practitioner. There's ideas of how we will practice when we leave school. And then a lot of students that I've taught functional medicine to that are nurse practitioners, it's really, you know, that we, it's dismay that we finish school. We realize that it was, for me, the, and what I've heard from a lot of my nurse practitioner students is that you leave nurse practitioner school realizing that you were just taught how to work in the medical model even more. It's how to diagnose and how to prescribe uh, and then how to monitor chronic health conditions and how to do some preventative screenings. But I don't feel like the nurse practitioner programs tend to go into a lot of depth as far as practicing more holistically. And then our medical model right now makes it really challenging for us to spend the time that I think a lot of us want to be able to educate our patients and provide them with some guidance so that we can not just diagnose and treat them, but also undo some of the things that are going on. There's two ways that I think that most people that leave the allopathic setting, right? So you're not, if you're not going to work in a, um, a hospital setting or clinic setting, and maybe you want to start your own practice, um, be it virtual or in person, two choices that tend to come up a lot as far as how to charge for this would be to charge fee for service. So each visit might have its own fee associated with it. And the other one would be to charge using packages or a monthly fee maybe. 
And so I kind of wanted to touch on both of those and give you some insights that might just help you make a decision about what you might want to charge. For me, I thought about doing packages. I have it available on my website if people want to commit and and um, when they start working with me, they can buy like a, a period of time, like say three month or six month package. It still visits. It's just kind of a discounted fee for that. I don't offer a lot of between visit services. I tend to try to really use guide my patients into understanding that my practice isn't a free-for-all access to me. If they have new problems, anything emerges that they want to talk about, we have a new visit. If they have clarifying questions about something from their last visit, then they absolutely can send me a message. But a lot of uh, nurses and nurse practitioners offer kind of like a more of a coaching model where there is a lot of contact between visits. If you're doing a fee f uh, uh, like a package, you might choose to say, you know, this is a three or six month package or a monthly package. And in that you would get access to me between visits. And I think if you're going to do that, making it really clear what that means, um, having some healthy boundaries. As nurses, we tend to be a little bit too giving with our time without putting value in it. So I encourage you, if you're going to do something like that, to be sure that you are really clear and hold firm to whatever you're comfortable with as far as like hours that you'll reply to messages, when you're available, that you're not giving out your own phone number, that maybe um, use a platform like I do, like Practice Better, and they can message you through there and you will answer them during business hours. So whatever you want to offer in a package, then you attach one fee to that entire thing. And so maybe if somebody's doing three months, it's uh, cheaper than if they just did individual visits with you. And then if it's six months, it's even further discounted. There's so many benefits to doing this. Obviously, there's benefits to you for retaining your client beyond one visit. There's benefits for um, not having to do the, the billing and uh, collecting fees each time that they want to reach out to you or have a visit. So it simplifies all of that. For the patient, I think there's so much benefit to committing to that time frame and being invested with you as a partner. So that's something to consider as well. When we look at the per visit fee, which is what I tend to use, I encourage nurses and nurse practitioners to have a fair intake fee. So the very first visit that you offer is going to be longer probably. And you're typically going to have an intake that they complete before the first visit. You need time to review that. And it might take you several clients before you have a good idea of how long that's going to take you. Are you going to be getting a lot of uh, past lab work that you need to review? How much are you willing to look at? All of that should be really clear. But then to say, okay, this visit includes me reviewing up to two years of lab work from the, you know, the last two years that you can upload into the portal before our first visit. It includes me reviewing your intake forms before the visit, developing a plan, coming up with some questions for our visit. Then you have the visit with the person um, and provide education for them and some guidance. And then maybe after that visit, you still need time to write up a plan of care and send it to them and allow some time for, you know, the person that says, oh, I, I'm, I'm definitely willing to take that short-term supplement, but I want it in a formulation that you don't normally use. And you need to go figure out what they could use that's in a powder form when you usually do a tablet or something like that. So 
often there's time after the visit uh, in, that includes, you know, maybe a little bit of extra writing, like writing down their plan for them. If you really streamline what you offer or you see a specific type of client, like let's say your niche is fertility, maybe you're not going to spend as much time after visits and you don't need to consider that in your fee. If your pay clients are going to have a really similar plan of care frequently and you can build all that to be pretty automated, then maybe that's not something that you need to be concerned about. Regardless, let's say, for example, that you spend 90 minutes with somebody at their initial visit. You spend an hour before that visit reviewing their intake and their lab work, and you spend 30 minutes after the visit and before the next visit writing a plan of care, answering messages with them, maybe researching the different formulation of something that they're after. So that's three hours of work, not one hour of work. So if you have done the math on how much you need to make and how much time you have available to work each week, you've determined what your hourly wage should be. That visit should really be three hours. A lot of people think that the initial visit with a functional medicine practitioner can be really pricey, but you're buying something that it's hard to find in healthcare is somebody that's going to really review all your records and spend a significant amount of time with you and then be available to customize your plan. I think first visits should cost more typically and then follow-up visits. You still want to have those same considerations. For me, I have my clients complete a like a follow-up visit summary that they need to send at least two days before their follow-up visit. And it asks questions like, did you, you know, any changes since the last visit? Have you been to urgent care and taken antibiotics? You know, anything that's going to be a surprise and change our plan, maybe. So I get some background on how they've been doing since the last visit. I have some really targeted questions I use. So I review that before the visit, then uh, compare that to the notes from the last visit, spend the time with them in the actual visit, and then same thing again, writing a plan of care sending all that to them, maybe queuing up some particular uh, supplements for them or ordering lab work. I, I really encourage you to consider using the verbiage of like schedule a follow-up to review your stool test results so that, that your clients understand or your patients understand that when you are going to be ordering things for them, you're not going to just go into this messaging back and forth about the results. They need to follow up with you to go over the results. They're going to pay you for your time if they want to partner with you and and have you give you, give them that, that unique attention that holistic nurses tend to offer that they need to understand that, that that's going to be during a visit. Where if you offer a package, you, I mean, I have seen a lot of practitioners that include all, everything I just mentioned, so intake visit, follow-up visits, maybe they do a follow-up. If they're doing a lot of coaching with people, maybe the follow-up visit is every week, every two weeks, or there's some checkpoints between visits. I think at the very least, you know, especially if you have somebody starting an elimination diet, you're going to want them to follow up with you. I, with my clients, I ask them, you know, do you want to follow up with me halfway through before you start reintroducing foods? after you review how to do it and answer some more questions. For me, I like that flex for them to be able to say, oh yeah, I want to I wanna look all this over and let's talk more before I get started. Or no, I, I have everything I need. Let's touch base when I'm done. Some people want to follow up with a set of repeat lab work. Like we're going to work on some things and then they want to get some visible evidence of the progress they've made in their lab work. And so maybe we plan the follow-up for when those labs are appropriate. So 
for me, I like the fee for service visit by visit for that reason. And because I spend a lot of my time teaching now and I'm not seeing clients full time. So I don't have like a goal for that like I used to. For a new practitioner, you might decide that you want to do only one or the other. That You want to have all like packages that you offer where people are committing to work with you for one, three, six months, or that you want to make it more flexible and offer a fee per visit. As far as how much to charge for these, that is where it really gets tricky um, because I don't have an answer. And I know that sucks because I think a lot of people listen to, I know I've listened to podcasts like this before where I'm like, oh, tell me a number. I mean, you can absolutely go on my website and see how much I charge. I think it really depends on where you live. And I live in Western Washington in the United States, and people here tend to be more health-oriented than in other parts of the country and other parts of the world in some cases. The cost of living is higher. Um, People here are willing to typically pay more for that type of care, where maybe the fees that I charge wouldn't be acceptable in a different part of the country or even a more rural part of my state, honestly. That's something to consider. I would recommend if you're trying to determine what your fee should be that you look at um, other practitioners in your area. You could call uh, their clinics and find out what their intake fee is, what their per visit fee is, and kind of eyeball it from there. Keep in mind, you know, your value and what you need to make to be able to be sustainable. I think if you're going to offer between visit things, really considering how much time that's going to take is just so important too. Another aspect of this that I wanted to talk about is if the patients don't pay, they're probably not going to be super successful. And that is just my experience and many of my students and peers have had similar experiences is if you don't charge enough, people are not invested. And I have seen this over and over again in my career. In particular, two times that it really stood out to me is when I was in uh, the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy's nurse coaching program. And we had to do like free coaching as a student to practice before we were graduated from the program. And I found that the people that I worked with during that time that were not paying for the services were less committed to change than people that I ultimately partnered with in a professional role where they're hiring me and paying me what I'm worth to help them. Those people are ready and they show up ready. And I always found that just as like nurse coaching and without functional medicine, I found that people that were paying for my services tended to make much more progress on their health goals than the people that had worked with me for free when I was a student. Again, when I was learning functional medicine and I was starting to fold it into my nurse coaching consulting practice and I would work with a few people during that time to kind of work out the kinks and I offered it as a free thing once again and I experienced the exact same thing where people are not as invested if they aren't paying and they aren't motivated and what I find now is you know we talk a lot about in functional medicine it's not for everybody not everybody is ready for change but when somebody comes to you with cash and they're ready to change and they need somebody that is informed to partner with And they really need some guidance. You know, I always say, like, we are all inundated with health information all day long. Our patients are seeing all this really confusing and conflicting health information on the Internet, on television. It's coming in their phones all day long. 
and they need somebody that is informed to help them figure out what path they should be on. When people are ready to pay for that, they are motivated. And so I find, you know, that I use a lot less of my nurse coaching now in my practice because the people that I partner with are like, I already exercise. I already have tried my best to reduce my stress and change what I eat. And I really just need some personalized guidance and an expert set of eyes to look at my health story and help me figure out what's going on. Um, so there is so much value in what we offer. Do not think that free is best. Uh, you And I, don't, I say this too, because a lot of uh, nurses and nurse practitioners will start trying to help family members or somebody that's like, interested in what you're offering and so you offer it for free when you're getting started to just kind of like try out because your confidence is low maybe you have some imposter syndrome you partner with somebody as like a free thing just to like you think it's best for both of you honestly it may do more to your imposter syndrome in a negative way to partner with somebody for free that is going to come back and say they didn't get any better because they didn't pay to work with you it seems silly, but it really is. It's a real thing. Like people need to pay enough to see value in what they're doing with you to actually make progress. Keep that in mind and know that you are doing your clients a favor by charging them money. And they, uh, people want somebody like you to help them and there aren't enough of us. Um, so please recognize your value. My last uh, caveat on this note before we wrap up today that I wanted to mention is specifically for nurse practitioners. I mentioned the scope of practice earlier for RNs. Um, sometimes it's easier to do all this as a registered nurse than as a nurse practitioner because a lot of states still have the requirement, in the United States at least, for a nurse practitioner to have to work in a collaborative way with a physician. So maybe there's an, uh, an official agreement for them to be overseen. They might need to review a certain number of their charts each month or each year. Um, this often is at a cost. Nurse practitioner needs to pay for this oversight. And it can be a barrier to you know being able to offer care. I have definitely encountered lots of nurse practitioners having a hard time finding somebody to oversee them because maybe the Physicians that they know all have signed non-competes and work for a corporation. There are states where it is quite challenging as a nurse practitioner to be able to practice in a way that deviates from the diagnose and prescribe model that a lot of our colleagues may have been trained in. And so I encourage you as a nurse practitioner to look at how much of what you offer is truly RN scope of practice versus nurse practitioner scope of practice. And if you're not writing prescriptions and you're not putting in diagnoses and ordering things through insurance, every state's going to be different. But are you able to practice as an RN and not offer prescriptions and diagnoses and offer instead education and um use uh, one of the services I've mentioned before for getting lab work done through a physician service like Rupa so that you are able to practice without the need for oversight. And I certainly that's something to look into with a lawyer as well in your area. But just uh, the idea that I think a lot of nurse practitioners feel trapped in the corporate health model or working under a physician in a clinic because of that 
requirement in many states for a collaborative agreement. But if we step back and peel back the layers of functional medicine and we say most of this is holistic nursing and we're going to be talking about stress and sleep and food and toxins, education on lab results, not diagnosing, not prescribing, how much of that can you do in your state without a collaborative agreement. So that is a question I ask more than my advice. Um, it's a, it's something I've been thinking about. Fortunately, in Washington State, where I practice, we don't have that limitation. And so um, it's just something that came to mind to me recently that I wanted to mention. And I know when my students research their scope of practice in their state, during the course that I teach, they'll find, you know, that there are a lot of caveats to the working under a collaborative agreement under these circumstances, like if you're prescribing narcotics or if you're writing prescriptions or if you're diagnosing. So take a peek at that and see what the actual verbiage is for your scope of practice where you are. Okay, so I hope this episode has helped you recognize the value that you bring to your patients, empowers you to establish fees that align with your expertise and what you are able to offer your patients. And until next time, be well. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. If you want to help spread the word about the powerful role nurses can play as true healers using functional medicine practices, consider sharing an episode with a nurse friend or on social media. And click the subscribe button to stay informed of newly released episodes. You can also visit and share the links below in the show notes for more information on nursing resources and the Functional Medicine for Nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine.